Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am normally your host, but I think today maybe am I like considered a guest or a <laughs> I don't even know what today. Well, you're, you're going to be the client today, right? The client. That's right. I'm, I'm Howard Jacobson. I'm your other co-host, and today I'm going to be the coach. Uh, Kevin has has bravely agreed to to lay out his dirty underwear in public about getting getting some coaching about some health behaviors. Right? Yeah, I don't actually have to bring out my dirty underwear, though, right? <laughs> like literally. <laughs> well, the, for all the people who are just listening to the audio, you know. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're going to miss out on the real fun. <laughs> but uh, so we're we're uh, this is episode twenty-seven. We kind of say that. Um, and today, yeah, we wanted to kind of discuss. We're we're doing kind of a coaching sample, but we wanted to do that sort of live here. Uh, we've done a little bit of coaching. The actually the previous episode, Howard did some coaching, and I think those are really instead of just every single time discussing a topic and, and just giving our points of view, it's kind of cool to see the live in action, like how would you handle it? Um, and generally when, whenever we've done that sort of thing or shared that sort of a conversation within the coach training courses that we've done, everybody really likes that. And I know personally, um, you know, that I've found that to be always a helpful way to learn from other coaches. So, yeah. So, so let's, let's do it. And maybe, we can like, you know, pause and do commentary while we're doing it. If it comes up, I don't know if it will or not. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's put on our coach client hat and, uh, there you go. That's not dirty underwear, is it? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're down below. You can't see them. They're out of the video. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's be professional here. It's my job to, uh, to set the tone. So, uh, Kevin, how's it going, man? Hey, Howard. Uh, you know, pretty good overall. Just uh, just kind of had some stuff that I wouldn't mind talking with you about. All right. So, yeah, tell me what's going on. Well, you know, overall, it's not that I've, like, slipped off and I'm just eating junk food all day every day. Um, <laughs> but I have, you know, partly sort of throughout this kind of pandemic time and, and partly – I think maybe even goes back a little before that to when uh, Baylor, my son, who's now uh, 17 months old, started eating, you know, incorporating a little more solid foods and things um, that I'm just kind of eating. It feels like maybe more than I need. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you know, or, or maybe even at times that I don't need to, or, um, uh -huh. I just, you know, couple of five pounds or something like that that I probably could stand to to drop off to look better okay. with my shirt off you know <laughs> whatever uh -huh. but, but gotcha so um when you say like you're eating more than you need 
Um, is the evidence for that that you're five or so pounds overweight or like in the moment, do you feel like, yeah, I'm overeating? Um, so I, I think really it's more about uh, just the, you know, the five pounds or so I've, I've really got, I'm really up about 10 pounds from where I was at last year, but you know, I had a knee injury and started doing some more weight training when I couldn't run for a while there. And I've been, I tried to put on a little bit of muscle. So, you know, it's kind of somewhere in between there it just feels like there's a few extra pounds, you know, really when I'm eating, um, I don't feel like I'm overeating at any one sitting, mm -hmm. you know, I don't feel stuffed after a meal or anything like that. Um, so it's more about, you know, the, just kind of where, where things sit. Uh -huh. So, so would you say you're eating more frequently or more calorically dense food or because of the knee injury, you're eating the same as you were before and you're just not burning as many calories? Do you have a, do you have a theory or a sense? Yeah. You know, um, so at first I, I felt like with the knee injury, you know, I had a few months where I just went from you know, running every day and, and training for the half marathon that I did in November and, and then just kind of continuing that on until the knee got hurt to, I couldn't run at all for, uh, about three months. And then I had to slowly build back up. So, you know, initially it was like, okay, I'm still eating the way that I was when I had to fuel that amount of running. Uh -huh. Um, although now my running is, you know, basically back up to where it was. I've kind of, you know, have it broken up to where I can do a little bit of strength training and, and um, split sessions of shorter running morning in the afternoon. Um, so, you know, I think, I think there's a combination though of sort of higher caloric density as well as more frequency, maybe. Gotcha. Um, okay. And the other thing, and then the other thing that keeps coming to my mind is that I've, um, I've started having breakfast earlier, mm -hmm. you know, eight o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. Okay. Um, so what would, what would you like to get out of this conversation? What would be helpful? Uh, liposuction type of an activity, <laughs> you know, just, if you could just magically suck. I've, I've, no, I've heard I, that I suck, but, um, <laughs> I, I don't know that people meant it literally. Not in that way. <laughs> well, I think really um, kind of just trying to determine uh, what's a best course of action. What can I, you know, some clarity on, on what I should or, or, or what I want to um, experiment with there. Because, you know, overall, it's not that I feel that I'm eating unhealthy things, uh, you know, all the time or that I feel particularly bad. Well, let, let me ask you this then. What's, what's the problem? Right. You, no, you gave I, me a fact. You're like five pounds up, but you know, is that, is, is that a problem? Yeah. I mean, I don't love that. I think it, um, it, I have to be a little more cautious with my running, um, just with having a few extra pounds. Um, I don't know if there's a, there's maybe a little more, um, kind of slower recovery than what I've previously had at that point. Uh-huh. So, so uh, explain to me the, what's, so, so the five extra pounds, 
you feel like it's it's um, making your running a little less safe and fun? Yeah, yeah, you know, fun, that's a great way to put it, the fun, because it, I mean, it feels like more work um, uh-huh. than previously, and certainly I feel like I have to, I have to slow it down or, mm-hmm. or not push myself as hard um, unless I just don't go as far. Gotcha. Okay, so it sounds it sounds like the 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 first part is to address the food rather than ramping up the running, since running while heavier is feels a little bit scary. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you say you're not overeating at any particular meal. You're not ending up stuffed, uh, but and you're eating things that might be a little bit more calorically dense. So give give me an example of something you've eaten in the last few days that you kind of know like this is contributing to the to the weight gain well so uh you know the example that i always go to is uh we uh, like to for the evening meal a lot of those meals are very you know heavy sauce type of thing so like last night for example i made all this you know these fresh vegetables and all this great stuff but then also you know a, a baked sweet potato with like a, a plant-based cheese sauce type of a thing on top, like a uh, salsa con queso type of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in order to do that, you're taking a cup of cashews and some salsa and, you know, all that, all that sort of thing to, to blend it. Um, so the sauces, that was last night's example. And just in general, I feel like it's pretty common for it to be a, a you know, heavier, uh, rich sauce like that. Okay. Um, so is, is there anything else? Are there like snacks you're having that you weren't having before? Yeah, I think so. And that's where I mentioned, uh, kind of eating with the baby a little bit, you know, he's, his meals are maybe differently timed. So, uh, I certainly kind of then wonder about that morning thing. You know, I was doing more of a, a later breakfast, you know, it might be 10 o'clock or even 11 o'clock sometimes before I had breakfast previously. And now I'm, you know, I'm going to eight o'clock because that's when he eats and mm. it's sort of hard to to eat at another time unless I just have a smoothie ready to grab what why what makes it hard to eat at another time he doesn't let me put him down <laughs> okay so you're you're in charge so you you know eat when you can sleep when you can yeah yeah well yeah so um and I know you know this hour but just so that everybody knows, you know I take care of him during the day Monday through Friday and so uh, you know, he has a nap in the afternoon. It's kind of sporadic because he doesn't love to sleep. And I, I kind of get to set him in his high chair at eight o'clock for a little bit at breakfast and then at noon or so for a little bit at lunch. And that's when my hands are free and I can. So that's right. the easiest time for me to eat. Right. right. And, so the, and then so, on top so of that, obvious... he's handing me bites of his. Uh-huh. Well, so uh, what's he handing you? Well, I mean, generally not. I mean, um, you know, he eats a lot of uh, berries. He eats, he does smoothies a good bit because he likes those. Um, there's like a cashew-based yogurt that he kind of mm-hmm. likes. Uh, okay. The, those like noodles that are made out of lentils. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. calorically dense toddler food. Yes. <laughs> and you're, yeah, right. Like, so, I I mean, love the obvious to, like I'm is, happy with a tomato for breakfast. Yeah, you know? right. Don't, <laughs> don't feed him till 10. Does that work? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got we've got to work around uh, that. Do you, and do you notice a difference in 
in your energy, in your mood, in your, the cadence of your day if you're eating two hours earlier? It's, I suppose it's kind of hard to say for me because it's come up, like if I can pinpoint it to that being the reason, because it's come along with, you know, him getting to this point and taking care of him and running around with him. But I do feel, I do feel like, you know, if I go back to a year ago or two years ago and I was eating, you know, starting my day of, of eating at 10 o'clock, I always felt great. I mean, that was a good start for me. And I would make mm -hmm. sure that I had some sort of physical activity at some point I, I wouldn't eat unless I had done something, you know, it was just a set of pushups or something. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, so what were you, what were you eating for breakfast back in the day when you could eat at 10? Um, it kind of varied. Uh, I've had phases where I, where I did like a green smoothie that was mostly spinach, uh, a little banana and some berries type thing to get some, uh, chia seeds, um, or like an overnight oats type of thing. Those are kind of my, some of my go-tos for breakfast. Okay. And so if, if we just take those two, um, you feel like those are, you wouldn't be able to eat those at 10 given your current childcare duties? Well, I suppose the smoothie, I mean, if that was, if that was ready and I could just kind of grab that and drink it with whatever he's doing, uh -huh. it should be but easy not, enough. Okay. So the smoothie would be, but the overnight oats, not so much. I would, it would be harder to pin down or, you know, to determine when I'd be able to. He's okay. the boss, really. I mean, you say that I'm in charge, but that's not how it works. He's, right. <laughs> he's definitely in charge. <laughs> okay. So the, so the smoothie would be doable to go back to the, the schedule that had you feeling great. Yeah. Certainly sounds like, certainly sounds like it had you feeling better than you feel now. Than now. Yeah. I mean, I think my, but then, so then the thing that I go back to with the, with that sort of thing that, you know, a smoothie, those liquid calories are just so easy. Uh, I mean, I could have a smoothie and the overnight oats or, and, you know, uh -huh. something else. Okay. And, so when you were, when you were having smoothies, were you, did you feel like you were overeating on calories when you had your 10 o'clock smoothie? Not if I just had that. No, I mean, I, okay. I could, I could do that and then go about doing something else. And, and okay. So you don't feel like compelled to keep eating after a smoothie, even though it's liquid calories. I feel, yeah, no, I don't think that it's that I feel compelled. I just certainly, if I'm, and, and maybe this is, you know, as we talk about like the 10 o'clock and it's not while he's eating, I feel like if I'm sitting there and it's mealtime and I'm down at the table and I drink that smoothie and it's like, you know, drinking a jug of water or whatever it is, it feels almost the same as that to me mm -hmm. that I could easily eat something else as well if it was right there. Gotcha. So it sounds like the thing, what's, some of the things that have changed for you since you've become a full-time caregiver is that there's all this food that's available that's sort of yummy, more palatable than what you're used to because it's for your kid. Yeah. And you have less uh, sort of mindful space to eat. Right. Right. Would you say that that's like, okay, if you look across the whole day, so we've got, you know, we've got the cashew sauce on the baked potato at night, but like throughout the whole day, are there like more opportunities? Like, oh, Baylor needs a snack now. He needs to eat every two or three hours and it's right there and it's yummy. And why not? Why don't I just be social and have some with him? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that's a good point. Cause when you, when you bring that up, it, it brings to mind like, uh, 
I don't know, an hour or two ago, he wanted, you know, and now this is afternoon that we're, that we're talking for, for those who are not on the call with us. Um, he was having a, you know, those Lara bars where it's just like dates and cashews mushed into a bar. Yeah. Um, he was eating one of those and it always ends up like he takes a bite and he either throws a chunk down or sticks a chunk in my mouth or, you know, whatever that is. And, and I end up with a half a Lara bar or, or a, not, mm. you know, a quarter of a Lara bar just randomly at a, a time when I had no hunger or, or plan to eat. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, so as you hear yourself describe your current eating, does anything, uh, do you, I mean, you know, one of the nice things about coaching is when we talk out loud, we hear ourselves talk. Like, yeah. was, it, was there anything that you said that sort of surprised you? Like, oh, huh, I do that. Or did you kind of know all this already? I think it, you know, well, to be honest, I think I knew it all. It just wasn't like top of mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like top of mind, you just go, oh yeah, I must be having, you know, uh, too many cashews in that sauce, or maybe I added a, a little oil to the to the something or another, you know what I mean? <laughs> type of answer versus, you know, now as we say this out loud, I think about just how many times throughout the day it is that I'm eating versus you know, left to my own devices or whatever, you know, if we go back uh, pre Baylor eating food when he, all he had was milk or, or, or even before there was a Baylor, I would just, you know, have, whether it was that smoothie or those oats or whatever, wait a few hours, have a salad, have dinner and I'm done. Right. right. So you, you were responding to solely internal cues right? because you were in charge of your environment. Right. Yeah. Right. And so now there's all these external cues oh. to to be social, to eat yeah. socially, or to finish a leftover. Yeah. <laughs> not wait, you know, not feel like I'm wasting something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My nickname was uh was Basarero. Like you know, which is for those of you who don't know, is Spanish for for like garbage can. <laughs> Like, I don't, you know, the fridge is a mess. I don't want to put another leftover in there. Yep. I don't want to clean, you know, let's not, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, just, let me just finish it all. Right. And of course I was in the, you yeah. know, the one nineties when my kids were small, I'm like, well, you know, below 170 now. Yeah. Well, that's um, where I'm, I'm in the one nineties now. And there was a point where I was, you know, one, one eighty or even below, um, mm -hmm. I mean, my, you know, like I said, my goal at this point would probably be around 190 anyway, or you know, close to it. Right. But, so, uh, yeah. So if we stop this conversation right now, is there something you we go like, oh, I, I see what I could do? Like, is there anything that jumps out at you in terms of like I, an option? Well, I think um, a, a couple of things around like the extra eating that, that stick out to me is just the idea of being a little more mindful about you know, anytime I'm putting anything in my mouth, even if it is that little bite from Baylor or whatever it is, rather than just, you know, carelessly doing it and, and, and absolutely no thoughts, if I can at least be present for that, you know, be, be paying attention to that. Um, and then, you know, the idea of maybe, maybe I do the smoothie again um, so that I can have it at whatever time I feel like it's appropriate for myself. Okay. So one thing that comes up for me is, if I'm imagining myself in your position and remembering myself in your position, it was very hard to be mindful 
because there was yeah. always a lot going on. So one, right. one of the things that can help us be mindful is to create a rule that yeah. becomes like a little bit of a electric fence. Like it won't hurt you, but it'll, it'll shock you a little bit and bring you back into the present to make the decision. Because it sounds like right now you're eating in a way that's not actually, you're not making decisions. Right. Right. You're very, you're just reactive to situations and you've sort of let go of agency. So is there some um, tactic or ritual or rule that you could impose on your eating so that you, you get to make a decision instead of just going with the flow? Well, I, I'm trying to think of, of how would be the, you know, kind of the way to, to word that, but I'm, um, well, let's, 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 let's start simply. Is there some food you're eating now that you'd like to, to stop eating or eat less of? Well, I think overall, like the, the initial thing would just be food that's not mine or food that, that I'm eating just in order to not waste it or just cause it's, you know, mm. Baylor didn't eat it. So maybe we call that Baylor's scraps. You know? Okay. <laughs> Is that the food that I... <laughs> Okay, so what what would you like your relationship to Baylor scraps to be? Um, I really don't need to eat them. Uh, there's okay. no, there's no really no reason to for me to have them. Um, it, the one thing with Baylor's, you know, extras is that I don't know. I think that I would like to be comfortable enough that if he is trying to share, that I would take that. To take it and eat it, and eat yes, because he try, you know he does he's got a little fork and he goes to put it in your mouth and he's so excited about it and and I don't want to um, take that away. Okay, I want to be so, great, you know, express gratitude and take that and 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 show that to him. Okay, so does that include but, the quarter of the Lara bar? No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean because those. Really, I don't have a time when I intentionally plan to eat a Lara bar myself. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so what what food is he likely to um, stick in your mouth? Oh God, could be anything. <laughs> he, he any of those things that he eats, he often likes to. If he's having something, he wants to share it with me or the dog or whoever's okay. around. So then, so then, how do you say no to the Lara bar? Like. Well, the, the, those, I think it tends to be more that I just take it, you know, I hand uh -huh. him a bite and if he, if he doesn't want the whole thing or if he, you know, tosses it aside, then instead of throwing it out, I eat it. I see. Okay. So the, the Lara bar, I think is different than the, you know, he's having a, a some blueberries and hands me one. Okay. So it sounds like the, the amount he would hand you would be very homeopathic. He wouldn't like feed you an entire bowl of lentil noodles. Right. Right. He might give you right. one or two and you want to be engaged with him and take it and make him happy. Yes, exactly. Okay. So if that was your MO around food, like you're not initiating, you're not eating the Lara bars or the, you know, the very sweet things. And if he sticks something in your mouth once or twice during a, a, sit, a, a food sit down, you'll eat it. Is that what, is that how you'd like to deal with, with eating, you know, with Baylor scraps? 
Yeah, I think I think that's the a good way to put it, a good way to say it. That, okay. Um, so the only the only things that I would eat, you know, of the Baylor scraps or whatever is uh, just the things that you know a, a bite or two that he hands me at a given meal. Okay. And making this change, you think would would it get you? So, you know, some of the way, all of the way, a teeny bit of the way to where you want to go? Does that sound like a, a sufficient first step? I think it would get me, um, I think it would be significant. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's all the way, like I said, it, I think maybe along with that, uh, I should determine kind of more that my um, feeding window, you know, and I, cause that's the other big thing that I changed was like I said, eating earlier. And, and that's kind of based on, I had been eating a little bit later to give myself that, you know, that, uh, 15 hours or so mm-hmm. of an intermittent fast type thing, you know, right. A, a fasted right. time from evening until mm-hmm. morning, but then, you know, Oh, you read a little more information and it says, well, you know, it's a little better to have your, uh, fed window begin in the morning rather than later in the day. And, and uh-huh. you know, so I think I just kind of almost, take information, took information from too many places and compiled them together or something. Uh-huh. And, and, well, you, and you, the information you were getting from your own body was that 10 o'clock was a fine time to have breakfast. I felt awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So we, you, do you want to add that one as well? So the, I think, the, yeah, I think, the Baylor I think scraps. The combi- yeah. I was Go just going to say, I think the combination of the Baylor scraps and waiting until you know, and, and it was generally between nine and 10, depending on how, you know, what time dinner was the night before, um, such that I had at least 15 hours was generally what I was going for. And so that would be usually nine would be 15 hours, 10 would be closer to 16 and and in that range. Okay. So is that doable to, to, um, to make this, you know, can you make the smoothie to have later? Well, honestly, that's uh, one of the baby's favorite activities is to help me make a smoothie. So what I could do if that's the goal is I can have him do his breakfast and then we clean up from all of that. And he would be excited to, you know, come over and sit on the edge of the counter or stand on the counter and, throw bananas and spinach into the Vitamix for me. <laughs> hmm. That's like his favorite activity. If I can come up with something to blend every day. Uh huh. He's named okay. the Vitamix. So yeah, I definitely think that would be very doable. Okay, great. And the third thing you mentioned was sort of rich sauces at dinner. Do you want to look at that now or or let it ride and see what happens with breakfast and Baylor scraps? I kind of lean toward letting it ride for the Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. because I don't know that I've necessarily changed that so much from before. Mm. You know, I, I have, I feel like I already felt that I was having a lot of rich sauces, but even when I was, you know, felt like I was doing fine. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. So I that mean, might... it, seems, it, it seems like these two will give you information about mm, their yeah. sufficiency. Yeah. Uh, 
Great. So are, are there any obstacles in your mind to implementing these? Do they, are you confident that this is going to be straightforward? I think, yeah, I think it should be pretty straight. I mean, because on, honestly, on days where, you know, if Baylor goes and hangs out with grandma for the day or something like that, I don't eat until 9.30 or 10 mm -hmm. in the morning, for example. And then obviously I'm not having scraps because there's <laughs> nobody to hand them to me. <laughs> but, um, but so I know that my day, you know, works uh, smoothly with that, uh, you know, those things implemented. Okay. So you um, get any concerns about sort of mindlessly maintaining these habits that you developed of like picking up part of the Lara bar and eating more of the scraps? Or do you feel like you have enough uh, awareness during the day to, to catch yourself? I think the, the only thing that I could see is like a, you know, an anxious moment or something like that, you know, possibly bringing up the like, Oh, let's just grab the alarm bar. But um, mm -hmm. I don't think that's been a, a major issue for me. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you want to keep eating Lara bars at any, at any point right now? Uh, you know, occasionally the one time that I really use them is occasionally if it's a Saturday and I've had a, you know, a, uh, you know, eight or 10 mile run or something like that. And I feel like I did a lot and now I'm out working in the yard all day and it's, you know, it's July, it's 90 degrees or something. And I just, just so that I can just grab something and, right. um, you know, and not have to stop. Uh -huh. So would it be helpful to uh, codify that as I never eat Lara bars except after long runs on weekends? Uh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah, I think even, even simply just to say, uh, you know, not eating them on weekdays, that mm -hmm. alone takes away the time when I'm just mindlessly eating, you know, those pieces is Monday through Friday, if I'm watching him and he's snacking on part of one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, it, for me, it was very helpful to say like, this is a forbidden food, at least, right. you know, conditionally. Cause then, you know, then it became very clear and it reminded me that, I, that, that was, important as opposed to as a very sort of slippery slope in, in some yeah. other ways. Yeah. You know, and I do feel like that cause I, I know um, you had the um, what's the bars you were eating cliff bars, cliff right? bars, was it cliff bars. And, yeah. and I can remember discussing that. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's probably been almost a couple of years now that we were discussing that. And I kind of had the same sort of situation where I was like, Oh, it's just a Lara bar. It's got gates and cashews. What do you do? And, you know, grab one of those and, and, it would be no problem to eat one daily or more than daily, you know, at one point. And, and I do feel like cutting those out while there's nothing inherently like bad, you know what I mean? It's not like junk in there. It's a, it's a very dense, sweet, uh, you know, calorically dense, sweet food when you combine those two things. Right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. So, so let's re re recap what your plan is. Sure. So, uh, well, since we just talked about it, I, I will have a rule that I'm not going to have Lara bars on weekdays, Monday through Friday. So that would only be, that would only leave Saturday and Sunday, which really, you know, realistically Saturday, but again, the rule being not on Monday through Friday. Um, I'm not going to eat Baylor's scraps unless it's something that he hands me. Um, just kind of, you know, keeping the peace and having, you know, having the enjoyment with him and seeing that smile. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on the dimples. So, so what are you going to do if there's a, if there's scrap leftovers? 
And he hasn't so then, them, and he hasn't handed I mean, them to you. You know, honestly, he eats a lot of the same things so much that if I didn't eat them, you know, if I if I cook up a piece of tempeh or whatever and it's sitting there, I could either eat it or I can put it in a little container and give it to him at the next meal. Okay. <laughs> you know. And okay. and commonly, so are, it's you like, will, are you willing to, to do that? I, I normally do that with at least some of it anyway. Okay. So just put all of it in that you know, but it's so you know, it's there's times where it's so easy to just be like, Well, I bought the tempeh, I can eat it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so so that's where I like the, you know, the scraps, you know, not having his scraps and just, they're, they're honestly, most of it is not wasted. Mm-hmm. The only things that would be wasted is if it's like I cut up a tomato and we're probably not going to save that to the next meal, mm-hmm. um, you know, or whatever, but, uh, but, uh, those noodles that he eats or the, any of those things that are the more dense, calorically dense things that I'm having are they're perfectly savable. So. Cool. Okay. So that was, that was number two. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Yeah, no, uh-huh. no, that was for a good reason. <laughs> and, and then the other one being that I will, I will push my breakfast back and instead of eating breakfast with him, um, I'm going to go with the smoothie and I'll have him help me make it after his breakfast. That way it's naturally the earliest that we would ever get to that is nine o'clock. Um, and then push it back a little bit. All right. So- sounds great. Yeah. Did you, uh, is this what you were hoping to get? Yeah, no, that's, uh, it is, you know, it's funny because like some of it is just, I I think some of those are things that in the back of my mind, I, you know, kind of knew those things, but they were not coming to the surface. Um, and, and that's where it's good. You know, we talk about as a coach, uh, helping the client see those blind spots or, or just to really be honest with yourself. Um, (laughs) and, yeah, and just sometimes saying the thing out loud makes it real. Right. Like we like we can well, have yeah, the, he, we, we can have the thought, all right, I'm going to stop eating his scraps. Yeah. But if it's just a thought, it's not as real. Right. As as saying it out loud, saying it in front of another person, saying it in front of a podcast audience. A podcast audience, yeah. And it, you know, if I keep eating the Lara bars and the scraps and all of a sudden I you know, put on another 10 pounds and a little, little extra going on here or something. And, and you guys are all like, Hmm, have you been eating the Lara bars, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it feels more of a commitment to have said it. And, it, you know, and normally the client's not going to be, you know, live on a podcast or on YouTube or anything like that. But uh, even just to say it to one other person, it just feels uh, like you said, more real, more of a, more of a set thing. Because I've said in the past to myself, like, oh, you don't need lower bars. Just don't, just don't eat those. But then, you know, that afternoon, here's Baylor eating one, and there's a little chunk. You know, it's only that size each time yeah. uh-huh. all day. <laughs> right, right. Six that's of those. Why, you know, that's why I was pushing for something that's not a slippery slope. Right. In terms of, like, your weekday rule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I love that because that, it, that's exactly that's the, the best way to put it is that it becomes a slippery slope of, Oh, well, you know, we opened to this Lara bar and I break him off this chunk and he eats it. But then, oh, there's this little piece that's going to break off. It's going to fall. So I just have that. But then that happens every bite, right? So (laughs) the slippery slope of I'll have this one little piece of cashew turns into a quarter of a Lara bar or something. Right. Right. Well, you know, the entire financial industry is based on like crumbs and scraps, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They can add up. (laughs) Cool. So let's uh, let's check in uh, next time and see how it's going. 
Um, yeah. So as taking off our coach client hat, was there anything that you wanted to say as, as a coach as, uh, about the process? Anything feel, you know, useful or weird or out of place or? No, I definitely thought that, uh, that everything felt like a, uh, a good natural flow of the conversation. And, and I, the thing that, that was really nice there being on the client side is just seeing that, uh, you know, kind of curious questioning of like, Hey, what is it that you're doing rather than, well, dude, stop eating Laura bars. You know, it was, oh. it was instead, you know, the question of, you know, what is it, what does this feel like that is too much for you? What is it that's going on? And, and just noticing that, um, those types of questions bring out more and more of what's actually going on. You know, the things that weren't top of mind for me as the client became part of the conversation as we went on. Right. So, so I'll point out, I think the two, I mean, this was a very straightforward session. There wasn't very, you're not, you're not a very challenging client around this topic. Right. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, there, there weren't any like, you know, triple axles or, or, right. you know, applause worthy <laughs> moves, but I'll say like, in the beginning to get out the details. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get into the fast, the fast assessment. We really didn't look at feelings, emotions, sensations. They just, they didn't seem that relevant. Right. Um, and they may be, we may discover, you know, next time that, oh, all this anxiety comes up when I don't eat the lentil noodles or something. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because that is the one thing that I said, if anything were to come up, you know, would be that. I don't foresee it, but like you said, I think if, if I end up eating that, then that would, or, or, or doing, you know, sl those slip ups, I think would be more along those lines. Right. And, and for me to omit it is not necessarily a mistake. That's, you know, or if it is, it's, it's certainly correctable. Yeah. And I just, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like there was any energy behind like emotional eating here. Right. It didn't, it didn't feel like that to me from the way you were describing it. Damn. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just one thing that I wanted to point out that you said there is you mentioned that if that was a mistake or if that was, you know, something that should have been approached, it's correctable. And so just to make sure that we point out um, kind of what that means, like how, how we can correct that, um, and, right. you know, and I think just kind of because steaks are not like life or death. It's not like, oh, if I eat part of a Larabar, uh, you know, on Tuesday before we talk again that, that I'm, you know it's that, okay, we've done this experiment, we've tried it, and now we can, the, the next thing maybe that we need to try is to, to move into that area. Right. So I want to say two more things. Um, one is that I think I did check in a little bit whether emotional stuff would be important in this. I did two instances of stress testing. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. One of them, I interrupted you, right? And then there was another one, I can't remember what it was, but it was, you know, checking, is this doable? Oh, it was about the breakfast. Right. Like, what are you going to do at eight? How can you make a smoothie? If you're doing childcare, can you actually take the time to make a smoothie? And you were like, activity. <laughs> yep. Some bonding. yep. Right. So that was one thing. The other thing is that I, um, I did spend a little bit of time at the beginning establishing what was at stake. And it yeah. wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't like uh, a big deal. But it, but I wanted you to be clear and for us to be clear together about why this matters. Right. right. And I think in this case, that was particularly important 
because it's not, um, you know, it's not like the, the, the five pounds in itself is this, this big, terrible thing, you know, and, and I think that's been part of, you know, in my kind of superficial thinking about it is like, Oh, it's five pounds or, or eight pounds or, you know, whatever that ends up exactly ends up being in the end. Um, you know, I could just decide to make that change and, and that'd be gone in a week or two. <laughs> or whatever. Right. Right. You know, right. you can always, you can always put it off because it's so manageable. Right. Right. Yeah. And, but when I, when, you know, when, when I heard you say like, what's at stake, like my running is, less fun, less safe. And it's become yeah. important to you. And you had a right. knee issue that all of a sudden- And I don't it, want it again. <laughs> it, yeah, it gained an urgency that was commensurate. Like you brought this up, like you wanted to be coached on it. Yeah. And like one of the things that we can do as coaches is help our clients connect with the underlying importance of it. Like you knew it was important, but you didn't have the words for it at first. Yeah. You know, and something else that I see as I'm kind of looking over the conversation and things that that could have been another route that you also could take in this case is I talked about, you know, last year training to do my first half marathon and going into that. Well, that I also was going to do one in April of this year, but the world ended or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> we had a pandemic and there are no such thing. Um, and so mentioning the sense of urgency well there was a sense of urgency to be in training you know to to be specifically a training program to be ready to peak in my half marathon time on november 2nd you know mm -hmm. and to not allow myself to have the extra you know five or ten pounds because that would you know be a factor in that case and so another route that could have been taken is like well is there you know, is there another way to build that urgency, uh, you know, setting up a race, whether it's virtual or, or, or whatever down the road could be another. Yeah. And I think that might be, that might be useful if this doesn't stick long-term. Yeah. Um, I kind of was pushing towards a sort of homeostasis around the eating that wasn't always going to be dependent on something external. Right. Uh, which, you know, it's always, it's, I always prefer that. Sure. Well, I think that's a more long lasting, um, you know, more actual uh, change to the, the sense of identity and sense of, of just this being a lifestyle rather than just like, again, if I have to have a race every six months in order to do it, then yeah. I, mean, uh, I, don't, I don't mind what happens that. when there's a pandemic. But right. if there's a pandemic and there are no races, then, you know, right. that alone well, you know, could potentially be. Yeah. I, I felt like your the motivation you came up with was specific, focused and urgent enough that we right. could proceed. We could proceed with a conversation that would be fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we ended up with a with a fruitful resolution. I, I just kind of want I did. I kind of had that thought and wanted to make sure that we mentioned that that's another approach that if a coach took that could also work even, you know, even if it's not maybe as, as long-term of a kind of a, you know, again, that right, internal right. So the, Yeah. So the question is, well, what worked in the past? And there were two ways we could have looked at that. One was what were you eating in the past that had you at your, you know, ideal weight? 
And the other yeah. was, what were you doing in your life that made it easier to eat that way? And so right. if it turns out it's, e it's just easy enough to, like, we don't need the motivation. I would rather, you know, not bring it in. True. Yeah. But it's, but it's both there. It's, it's, it's based on a very important question. What, what has worked for you in the past? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think, I think we're, uh, ready to wrap. Yeah, no, that was, I think that was awesome. Um, I, I always like it when you and I get to have sort of these conversations about what's going on with each other. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so maybe in a couple of weeks I can tell you about my extra five pounds. Oh yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> actually, I feel like it's been a while since we've kind of done that. Uh, you know, and, and certainly they're not normally recorded like this. So it's kind of, Kind of a fun yeah. way to do this today. Right. Well, my secret is to only weigh myself after I've run and sweated. So, Oh, that's a great idea. Stay under 170 that way. Especially in July. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I might, uh, I might ask you to return the favor. That'd be great. All right, Matt. All right, well, send everybody out with, uh, with their marching orders to, uh, to help us yeah. on that path to world domination. Yeah, so we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, you can find us. Obviously, you're already listening to the Health Coach Podcast. You could be on YouTube or you could be um, maybe just found this that someone posted. So if you want to go to any of the podcasting platforms, you can search the Health Coaches Podcast and find us. If you go to YouTube, if you're listening and you want to see us, you can go to YouTube. And um, it's actually under the Plant Yourself it's just plant yourself, right? Is the name yeah, yeah. for the account. Right. And then, but then there's actually a playlist of the health coaches podcast. Uh, you could email, email us to healthcoachespodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or suggestions, or you want to tell us how wonderful we are or terrible we are. And other than that, it'd be great if you rated us, reviewed us and thumbs up to us and whatever all those things are, wherever you're listening, uh, because we want to spread the word and, and, you know, help it. Our goal is to help, as many coaches as we can so that they can help as many clients as they can so that, you know, everybody just gets some benefit out of this. We want to improve the, the coaching um, kind of as a whole as an industry so that that brings health to as many people as possible. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. Howard, thanks so much. That I think that was a, a fantastic way to spend our time today, especially for me. I totally awesome. got a, a discounted, coaching rate there coaching <laughs> session there <laughs> uh so thank you very much oh my pleasure thanks for uh for being a uh, a willing and open and vulnerable volunteer and I'll, I'll talk to you again soon yeah next time my underwear will be clean all right i <laughs> I, I knew we couldn't go too long with stay, staying classy so uh <laughs> well i took off my professional code clients app you know so right all right man <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. Have a great week. I hope you found that helpful. 
So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.